And as I was looking at the screen, I was like, I made a mistake. I went back to my messages and I was like, I sent Karen Luke 25. It's Matthew 25. That was my fault. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 25, and we're going to look at 31 to 46, it's Compassion Sunday. It's all about that word. And you know, I like definitions. This is the definition of compassion as you're turning in your Bibles. This is from Merriam-Webster. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with the desire to alleviate it. Compassion from the Vine's Concise Dictionary of the Bible has two Greek words that they define. And the first word, you'll probably love saying this, it's splachnitsomai. If you want to try to say that, go ahead. But splachnitsomai, that's the word. One of the compassion words in Greek, it means to be moved as one's inwards. To be moved with compassion, to yearn with compassion. So from the very depths of your bowels, that's what it means. And then the other Greek word, eleo, that's probably easier to say. It means to have mercy, to show kindness by beneficence or assistance. And if you read in the gospel narratives, especially if if you've read through Matthew with us in our Bible reading or on your own, You have read about Jesus was moved with compassion a lot in the Gospels. Jesus saw people and he was just, had to do something about it. And he took the steps to do it. He touched lepers. He healed blind people. He made people speak again. He helped blind beggars and he helped people that have been living in caves, the lepers before. Remember that story. Jesus was moved by compassion. Those inward, from that inward gut. You ever heard that? You have a gut feeling? That's where it comes from. The gut feeling is that word. Splachnitzomai. Compassion. Sunday. I've been looking forward to this Sunday. Like Kelsey said, I once... I had to stop doing it because I didn't run out of money, but I had to stop sponsoring a little boy I sponsored. Um, Henry was his name, but I had to stop because I, for some reason. But I remember that. I saw his packet at a concert, and I said, I'm going to do it. told my mom, and she's like, are you sure? You don't have a lot of money. I'm like, I can do it. So I sponsored him maybe for two, three, four years, something like that. And then I had to stop for some reason. But sponsoring children around the world that are in poverty, the money doesn't go wasted. And I, this is a trusted company. Some companies you look at, organizations, you're like, what are they all about? But this one I trust. I read a blog this week. His name is Pastor Terry. No last name was given. But he writes this, To be moved with compassion means to be touched in the deepest part of our being. Do you ever see somebody or something on TV or something you're reading in a magazine article and you're just like, ow? It hurts you to look at it and read and say, I just need to help that person or pray for that person or do something about this situation. This week I also was led to listen and sing a song in my office. 
It's called Hosanna. And one of the stanzas, this is what it says. Because I remember this line as I'm studying for Compassion Sunday, and I remember this line from this song, and I, had to, I just wrote the lyrics of the song, and it popped up. Hosanna was the song. I said, yes, I'm going to listen to it. And one of the stanzas, it says, Break my heart for what breaks yours. Speaking of God. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth to eternity. Break my heart for what breaks yours, God. That's what I was thinking of at my desk. Because I know God, God's heart breaks over some things. And if He could fix it like that, I think He would. He doesn't. And I think it's a reason. Remember last week I said we are each assigned a task. We are co-workers in God's service. I think He wants us to join Him and do the work for kingdom's cause. Before we get into this passage, I'm not going to be long today. If I am, come up here and say, Keith, you need to stop. I, have per- I give you permission to just raise your hand and say you've spoken enough. But let's pray and then I'll speak on Matthew 25. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Compassion Sunday where we're reminded that throughout the world there are children in poverty and this organization has been trusted for a lot of years now that have supported children and have seen children grow up and become nurses, doctors, physicians, business people, whatever was their dream. They became that. But it started because somebody said, I'm going to support you as a young child. Help us today to just be reminded that you are a compassionate God and that we need to be compassionate people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles open, Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. Now, you, you pick a passage for a Compassion Sunday, and then you read it, and then it's like, okay, this is a hard teaching from Jesus. You'll see why. Here we go. Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome, or invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. 
I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. And I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. That's a hard teaching, right? You read it and you're like, okay, how do we talk about this? How do we take Jesus' words and apply it to our lives or even think about it? Because it's hard. I was at my desk and I'm like, I just don't want to think about it right now. But I had to think about it, ponder it, come up with some encouragement from this passage, even though it's hard. Michael Green, I have his commentary on Matthew, and he writes this, Jesus, in this, the last, most awesome of his parables, I don't know if I would say awesome, but okay, (laughs) is holding up to us the pattern for practical Calvary-like love. There is nothing like it in the whole world. It is the supreme hallmark of the disciple of the kingdom. There is one test, and one only, of the extent of our love for Him, and it is a very uncomfortable one. How have we handled the poor? And he finishes the section. He looks for his servants to be watchful, holy, ready to meet him at any time, reliable in the use of their gifts and opportunities, and above all, full to overflowing with his self-forgetful, self-sacrificing love. There is no higher calling, and it is open to the humblest disciple." It's an uncomfortable one, writes Michael Green. How have we handled the poor? How have we handled the poor? D.A. Carson, in his commentary, writes, True disciples will love one another and serve the least brother with compassion. In so doing, they unconsciously serve Christ. You don't know who you're serving, but you're unconsciously serving Christ. You're serving the poor, whoever that may be, but unconsciously you're doing that, but you're also serving Christ. That's what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples here. What you did to the least, you did to me. I know I'm quoting a lot of people, but they're good. They say it better than me. A writer, Dylan Burroughs, said this, Simply put, serving those in need is equal to serving Jesus. Jesus calls those who follow Him to help others. If we can't do that, we cannot truly claim to be one of His sheep. And Jesus says they're sheep and goats in this parable, in this teaching. You can't truly call yourself a sheep if you're not helping people. Proverbs. I love Proverbs because they're simple but yet challenging. Proverbs 3.27 Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. 
You're saying, I need this maybe in the future. I'm not going to give it to you, even though you can. That's what the proverb is saying. Don't withhold it. Do it because you have it. Sorry, because I just thought of something that happened to me and I withheld it. Sorry for the pause. Because I had it in my pocket and I didn't stop and hand it. You're even convicted when you're speaking. Don't withhold it. Now I have to stop myself. (laughs) Oh, I hope I see that person again. Might be, shorter than, might be shorter than I thought today. Compassion Sunday. This is from compassion itself. This is what they write. When you go to the sponsorship table, which we have out there, you'll see faces of children who are living in areas of extreme poverty. When you choose to sponsor, you are providing a lifeline to the local church and helping to provide nutritious food, medical care, tutoring, and the opportunity to hear the gospel message. When you sponsor a child, you are helping to change their future. I did the calculations. $38 a month. I times it by 12. I forget the number. Times it by 12, I think it was 465. And then I said, divided by 365 days. It's $1.25 a day. How many of us find that in our couch? <laughs> the change that falls out. $1.25 a day. That's all you have to set aside to help somebody, a child, an older youth in need. To say, I want to help you in your future. A dollar twenty-five a day. So today was a little different. I was going to get down there and give this, you know, I don't know why they separate churches from left to right, but I was going to say left, right, here we go. This is what the passage says. But I think we understand that from this passage, one thing I'll, I'll let you notice is they're not surprised where they're ended up, okay? It says, the Son of Man comes and all His angels, and they're, they're gathering these people together, and they're separating them, and the people are like, oh, I'm okay, I'm over here, oh, I'm over here. They're not surprised where they end up. And then, He gets to those on His right, and He says, come. And He gives them the reason 
they are surprised like, wait, 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 wait. When did we see you? And they're surprised with the response. It's like, you did it to the least of these. You did it to me. Then he gets to those, he says, depart from me. Remember, they're not surprised they're on the left, okay? I'm mixing myself up here. They're not surprised they're on the left. Again, they're surprised like, when did we see you do this? And he's like, you didn't do it to the least of these. You didn't do it to me. And then the most hit, hit me the hardest was the last verse. You'll go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous, the ones who did it to the least of these, will go to eternal life. So I was going to get down there and do all that, but I'm not. Because I think we understand Jesus saying, there's got to be that compassion from the gut. And you saw it from me here that I didn't give compassion yesterday. Pray with me. And this is, I adapted this from a hymn. It's hymn number 315. It's, the title is Let Your Heart Be Broken. And this is a prayer I took from those words. So pray with me. Lord, let our hearts be broken for a world in need feeding the mouths that hunger, soothing the wounds that bleed, giving the cup of water and the loaf of bread, being the hands of Jesus, serving in His stead. Let our hearts be tender and our vision clear, seeing people as You see them, God, serving You far and near, letting our hearts be broken by another's pain, sharing our resources. Help us, God, to give and give again. This we pray in the name above all names, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, today was a little different. But I hope, as we sing this last song, that you may have to make a decision. Not, we're not forcing you to sponsor a child. I'm not going to grab you by the neck and say, write your name and information and you got to do this. That's not what it's about. But if there's a decision you need to make, whether it's going to help somebody, whether it's sponsoring a child, whether it's saying, I need to follow Jesus, or whether you need just prayer, I hope this doesn't offend, but I'm going to publicly I'm just going to ask Perry to come and pray for me right now because I need prayer. And I hope you like that proverb says don't withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to act. We may not know somebody what they're going through but let's act on something. That's why I've told Perry to come up here and pray for me because I need prayer because of what happened yesterday. So make a decision if you need to. I'll be down here. Somebody else will be down here, but let's sing a last song together.